You're listening to The Christian Publishing Show, the podcast for writers who want to grow Christ's kingdom using the written word. I'm your host, Thomas Umstadt Jr., and today we have a bonus episode for you. This episode first aired on my other podcast, Novel Marketing, and I thought I would share it with you here as well. There are two ways to think about marketing. You can see it as an expense to be minimized or as an investment to be maximized. If you want to reap, you must first sow. And thinking about marketing as an expense is like asking how few seeds can you plant in the ground? You want to instead ask, how can I get the biggest harvest? Which often means trying to sow more seeds in more better ground. (laughs) That's bad grammar, but it is good farming technique. Now, this doesn't mean you throw good seeds on bad ground, but if you have good soil, you wanna plant as many crops as you can to get the biggest harvest that you can. And when a lot of people think about doing something on a budget, they think that it means spending as little as possible. And this is a mistake, and it's not what budgets are for. A budget means that you count the cost ahead of time and you decide ahead of time how much you're going to spend. A budget can give you permission to spend more as often as it can give you permission to spend less. As Jesus once said, For those who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough to finish it, no. Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money. And then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, There's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. Failure to count the cost ahead of time is a common killer of writing careers, and it's very common for authors to run out of time or energy or money before they find success. And the thing to suffer the most is the book launch. Since it comes towards the end, it often gets short shrift. So how much does it cost to launch a book? How do you get the most bang for your buck out of your book launch? And how do you make spending money on your book launch a good investment rather than a money-wasting expense? Well, that is what we're going to talk about on this episode of the Novel Marketing Podcast, the longest-running book marketing podcast in the world. I'm Thomas Umstead, Jr., CEO of Author Media, and this is the show for writers who want to build their platform, sell more books, and make a difference with writing worth talking about. And today we are joined by a Christie Hall of Fame author who is both the co-creator of the Book Launch Blueprint and former co-host of the Novel Marketing Podcast. James L. Rubart, welcome back to Novel Marketing. I love being here with you, Thomas, so thank you for having me. And as always, you call me Jim, so the listeners should as well. So before we get into talking about budgets and talking about how much things cost, we should probably give some warnings, some money (laughs) Warnings. And the first one is only invest what you're willing to lose. This is especially true for your first book. If you are launching the third book in a series, you have a pretty good idea of how that book is going to go and how well the launch is going to go based off of the second book. If you've launched just one book, you actually don't know if your second book is going to be a success or not, because it really depends not on the quality of your launch, but on the quality of your writing. Because if people didn't finish book one, they're not going to buy book two. But if people finish book two, which means you have a good feeling for book three, how it's going to go. But until you're that far along, it is a real unknown. This could be a massive hit, but it also may not be a massive hit. And if you're spending money that you need for groceries, you're not going to be able to sleep at night. 
So cut your budget to the sleeping point so that you're able to launch feeling good about the money that you're spending. Most of you know that very few books at a publisher, at a traditional publisher, make money, right? It's that one book that carries the other nine. So you have to go into it going, you have to have optimism. You wouldn't have done it in the first place if you didn't think, no, my book's going to break out. But at the same time, you have to be realistic enough to go, my book might be one of the nine and not the breakout book. Which leads us to our second warning. Don't go into debt for your book launch. Now, there's predatory companies out there that will pressure you to go into debt to publish or launch your book. Now, they particularly prey on indie authors, but sometimes they prey on traditional authors as well. And you want to avoid these companies because if they're having to rely on high-pressure sales tactics, it means they don't have the kind of customer success that would get them new customers on their own. So if you need to go into debt to fund your launch, it may be an indication that you're launching too soon. The third warning is be the customer. So the problem with free tools and free platforms is that you are not the customer. You are the product being sold to someone else. The food is free in the chicken coop when your eggs are being taken away and given to someone else, or God forbid, you are being taken away and put on the dinner plate. So this may be your attention that's sold to advertisers or your data that's being sold to data brokers. And while there are some free tools that can help you with your launch, others really get in the way. So for example, Facebook sells your data to Amazon, who then deletes reviews from your Facebook friends and fellow group members. So the more time you spend on Facebook and the more groups you join, the more reviews will be deleted and the harder your launch will be. Talk a little bit more about that, because I know you've talked about it in the past on novel marketing, but I think there's probably some people going right now going, wait a minute, you're saying if I join groups on Facebook that are promoting books, that could actually hurt me in the end. So just riff on that a little bit longer. So this is where authors become the casualties of war, um, where authors aren't the problem, but they're suffering the consequences. So Amazon has a real problem with fake reviews. Some products, over half of the reviews are fake or they're manipulated. And the way that you get fake reviews, if you're an Amazon seller, is you go on Facebook groups and you give away free products or you give away free gift cards in exchange for reviews. And these look like legitimate reviews because they're being purchased by a customer who's an Amazon user and then they're leaving a review. And so the way that Amazon has been fighting this fake review problem on toasters and iPhone charging cables and all the other things they sell is by buying group data from Facebook. And if they see that you're getting a lot of reviews from one Facebook group, or if the all of the reviews are coming from a, a social graph cluster, it'll like, ah, this doesn't look like organic reviews and we'll delete those reviews in bulk. So a lot of people who spend a lot of time on Facebook often complain that their launch team doesn't leave them reviews or their friends aren't leaving them reviews when they are, but those reviews are getting deleted. <laughs> and I saw this on my book. I had a, a good friend of mine and his wife both left me a review for my book. They wrote big, long reviews because they really liked my book. But because we were friends on Facebook, those reviews got deleted and no one ever got to see them. And, and my friend was very angry because he spent a long time writing like this whole essay responding uh, to my book. So a great test to see if you're the customer or not is ask, do I have someone to contact if something goes wrong? So no one at Facebook is going to talk to you because you're a chicken. <laughs> the chickens don't have customer support with the farmer. But if Amazon has a question with Facebook, they have somebody to talk to because they're the ones spending millions of dollars buying your data from Facebook. But Facebook is just one of many free tools 
I don't recommend that you use. I'm, I'm not against all free tools all of the time, but in general, you want to be the customer. And the safest kind of free tool is a tool where they give away a version for free and they make their money getting you to pay. Because that kind of company is going to treat even the free users as customers because they want them to become customers. They're not going to treat them badly because if they're treating you badly as a free user, you'll never pay and they'll never make money off of you. The fourth warning is to save strategically. So what do you do if you don't have the cash for a book launch? You do what your grandparents did, save money. <laughs> the olden days, if someone wanted something they couldn't afford, they would save the money each month until they could afford it. And if they didn't have the money, they didn't buy the thing. I know it sounds crazy. Oh, credit card companies <laughs> hate people like you, Thomas. <laughs> they do. They do. But how do you get money? This is perhaps even more importantly, because if you don't have money coming in, how are you going to be able to save strategically? And what I recommend that helps you the best is a job that gives you skills that you'll need for your book launch and for your writing. So you're gaining skills and money. So a great job to get is as an author's assistant, because that way you're helping another author. You're learning the ropes. You're learning answers to questions you didn't even know to ask, and you're making money on the site. And other jobs like this are editor or really anything in the publishing world. As Jesus once said, until you are faithful with that which is another man's, who will give you that which is your own? Jesus talked about money a lot, actually. <laughs> His advice about money really is worth taking to the bank. And one benefit of delaying your book launch is that it gives you time not just to save money, but also to build those skills. And if you're wanting more help on making money as an author, I have a whole episode titled, Yes, You Can Make a Living as a Writer, Here's How. Yeah, I would really encourage you to dive into that. I It's so, I remember when my first book was written and I had a mentor that was helping me with it and he said, the first book is so important. Take your time to get it right. And I didn't want to hear that. I wanted the book to get out there, right? I was anxious to get it published. So his advice was very powerful when I took it to heart. What Thomas is saying here is you can learn the skills and get paid to learn the skills rather than launch it too soon. The odds are you're going to launch it too early rather than too late. The only time I can think of launching a book too late is if it's tied to current events in some way. So if you're, you're writing about a political election or you're writing about some date or something, a Y2K book, no one's going to buy it in 2001. But you're not writing a book like that, right? Those kinds of books are incredibly rare. And so unless that's the kind of book that you're writing, you really will benefit by putting off your launch a little bit. So the next step of creating a budget is to count your money. We've gone through the warnings. Now let's talk about how to create the budget. And you actually first determine how much time and money you have to invest. Because how much you have to invest will affect your strategy. So I encourage you to write down on a piece of paper how many dollars or how many euros you're willing to invest and how many hours you're willing to invest. And the reason why it'll affect your strategy is because what works for some authors won't work for other authors. I know an author who wouldn't spend anything and he just wrote book after book and each book would get a few reviews and a few dozen purchases and then he'd go on to write the next book. And it was such a tragedy because he didn't put any effort and time or money into the launch. So also remember that you spent hundreds of hours writing your book and so your investment needs to honor the investment you've already made and you can never make more time but you can make more money. So treat your hours as more valuable than your dollars. All right, so authors tend to fit in one of four categories. One is that they're cash rich, 
and time poor. All right, so these are authors who have a full-time job. They're making good money. And if this is you, if you've got good money coming in, but time is really precious, the strategy is to hire professionals to take tasks off of your plate. So you want to hire a webmaster to prep your website. You want to hire a copywriter to polish your back cover copy. You hire a launch team organizer. You hire a PR person, an author's assistant, even a housekeeper, right? Sometimes the housekeeper is the best hire you can make. If you're losing tons of time to housekeeping, you can create a job for somebody and have more time to work on your book. But do realize that even if you're time poor, you're going to have to invest some time in your launch. A PR person can get you booked for interviews, but you'll still need to show up to do those interviews yourself. This makes me think of movies. If a movie costs $100 million to make, they're going to budget another $50 million, about 50% of that on promotion and advertising, getting the word out there. So I think our listeners need to consider that when they're putting together their budget. You've put together this $100 million book. It's going to take some investment. It is going to take some money to do it. So I guess we're going back to your point about counting the cost. There is definitely a cost to this. Just I, I just want people to be aware of it. So the next kind of author is an author who's time rich and cash poor. This is the most common situation that I find amongst authors. These authors often are either retired or they're living off of a spouse's income, but they don't have a day job. They don't have money coming in from a day job, but they also don't have the time that it takes out of their day to do the day job, which means every dollar is precious. They have hours to spend, but that money really has to account for itself. So the key to success here is very different. So you may hire professionals as you need them. If you're just completely out of your depth with a website, you hire a webmaster, right? Because maybe you'll never figure that out. But you may be able to. I've helped a lot of authors build their own website, even ones who thought they were way too old. But you can hire. But the better strategy is to invest your money, the, what money you do have, into education, because this way you can learn how to build your own website, schedule your own interviews, organize your own launch team, etc. And the more you invest in yourself, the more you'll be able to do these things well. And this really helps if you're trying to build a career out of this because you keep that education for the next book. If you hire somebody to do it for you, you still don't know how to do it for the next book. You don't have to hire them again. But if you learn how to do it yourself, you'll always know how to do it yourself. Now, to do these things well, you need training. And the most expensive education that you can get is through trial and error. Learning it the hard way, doing it the wrong way. <laughs> there's never time to do it right, but there's always time to do it twice. So learn how to do it right. And we have a course, a book launch blueprint that we do once a year. And it's currently open for registration. where We break it down very simply and we train you how to do everything related to a book launch, from scheduling the interviews to getting invited on interviews to setting up a launch team to everything but the housekeeping. <laughs> we don't have any housekeeping tips, but all the rest of it uh, we'll teach you how to do. I'm going to belabor the point just a little bit here. If you are thinking of yourself as a career author, in other words, you, you have more than one book coming out, this is the kind of investment you want to do. Because as Thomas said, you'll be able to do it, and each time you do it, you'll get better and better and better. Now, if you are time poor and cash poor, in the words of Wesley from The Princess Bride, get used to disappointment. <laughs> so where you spend your time and your money indicates where your priorities are. And if you're not willing to spend time or money on your book, your book is not a priority to you. 
And that may be okay, right? Maybe you have other things going on in your life and you need to just give yourself permission. Like, this is not the time. (laughs) I've got so many other things going on that are more important than my book. And if you want your book to be important, it's got to be important. You can't reap where you don't sow. So let's talk about some common book launch expenses. It helps to know how expensive things are, both in terms of time and in terms of money, to put together the book launch. Now, this is not a comprehensive list. A good book launch is weird, right? It plays to your own strengths and weaknesses. It plays to your own idiosyncrasies. How do you, I don't it plays your own weirdness. <laughs> and <laughs> I love that word. <laughs> um, it also adapts to the book that you're writing and the audience that you have. So there are things that will work for one author that won't work for another author. But in general, you want to think through those things ahead of time. You want to have a plan and count the cost ahead of time. That said, there are some things that most authors use in most launches. And we'll go through what those things are and how much they cost. So you can put your budget together. And the first is training. This costs money. But it does save you money often because it keeps you from learning things the hard way. In the process of doing some changes to the house to accommodate our growing family, and one of those changes was we put in some paving stones along the side of our driveway so that we can load children in and out of the minivan without getting into the mud. And I was like, how hard can it be? We just dig down a little bit and put down the paving stones. So my brother comes over, we're working, and we do all this work. We buy all the stuff at Home Depot. And then and the stones are a little wobbly. And I'm like, I should probably watch a YouTube video to see how this is actually done. So I start watching some YouTube videos. And it turned out we were doing it all wrong. So then we went back to Home Depot. We bought a whole nother batch of supplies. We had to undo the work that we did, do it again. And now they're great. <laughs> but it was like, if I had just gone through that training first, I would have saved myself from that whole first time, or saved my brother, really, uh, from that whole first round of doing it wrong. And so it really is valuable to invest in training, but it can be expensive. Book launch training costs between $800 and $1,500, depending on where you get it and who you get it from. But it helps make every other purchase that you make during the launch more efficient because you're spending your money wisely. Uh, And it also takes time. And this is important. (laughs) Buying training is of no value if you do not then Take the training. So I recommend you budget 30 to 50 hours going through the training and planning process to prepare for your book launch. And that's back to the count the cost thing. Stephen Covey is famous for popularizing the phrase, begin with the end in mind. So you have to ask yourself the question, what is success for you? How do you define success when it comes to your book? Some people might say, hey, gosh, Thomas, Jim, if I sell 100 copies, that's a success. Well, in that case, you really probably don't have to invest in training. But if you want 1,000, 10,000, 50,000, 100,000, then you have to invest in that training. The next thing is launch team organization. Now, I'm assuming you're doing it yourself here. Hiring a launch team organizer is going to be a lot more expensive, but I would budget $100, $200 for organizing the launch team. And But where you're really budgeting is time. 20 to 40 hours to really get that launch team recruited, drafted, trained, motivated, and implemented. Goodreads, giveaways. It's a good tactic to get people buzzing about your book before it comes out. That's the whole idea behind a book launch. And one way to do this is a Goodreads giveaway. Goodreads charges between $120 and $600 to do a giveaway of your book. It will get a lot of buzz about your book and can potentially get a lot of readers leaving you Goodreads reviews, which can help lift your Goodreads reviews. 
And to set that up, one to three hours. It's not a big time commitment, but it does cost some money. Author website. This is of the range, probably the biggest range we have. I, I was pondering this. Of all the things that you can buy, I think a boat has the biggest range. You can get mm-hmm. you know $50 you know, used kayak on the low end, and you can spend $5 billion on a battleship or aircraft carrier on the high end. <laughs> There's like boats from that size all the way up and down. And websites are the same way, right? There are websites that cost a billion dollars. But for an author website, the low end is about 250 if you're building it yourself, and the high end is around 5000 7,500 if you're hiring a webmaster. Obviously, there's a bunch of variation in how much webmasters cost and how much of a website you're buying really impacts that. But if you're doing it yourself, and I actually have a guide that will show you how to build your own website, and it really only costs $250 for you to build your own professional website. And the method that I recommend is to try to build it yourself using my guide, because you may be shocked that it really isn't as hard as you would think. And then if you get stuck, you call in a webmaster just to get you unstuck. So instead of the webmaster building you the whole website, you're using them like the GIs used the Air Force in World War II, where they would call in an airstrike if there was a tank that couldn't handle. But in general, they're marching themselves across the ground. And so in general, you're doing the work yourself. But if you hit a bug or you have a question that you don't know how to get an answer to, it's okay to call in a webmaster. And I feel like that's the best bang for the buck. And that would be you know, most webmasters charge between 25 and $100 an hour. Again, there's a bunch of range there, but you may only need two or three hours of help. So you spent $250 on your theme, building your website, and maybe another $250, $500 getting help. You're at $750 for a website you built with help. And don't skip over this. Don't say, oh, no, not me. Not going to try it. I am one of those people. My son, Taylor is very skilled in this area. So all my websites have always been, Taylor's been able to take care of it. And then recently, Thomas encouraged me to take his course here. And I did. I went through it. I built my own first website. And yeah, there were some bumps and it took me some investigation. I went down some rabbit trails, but I was surprised at how easy it was for a non-tech guy to do it. And even if you come away, like Thomas is saying, where you get to a point where you go, okay, nope, I'm done the very least you'll come out of this with is a better way to communicate with your webmaster. So it ends up being valuable either way. And a webmaster will charge you less if they see that you're tech savvy. So it really helps you. Again, education. I know it's not popular, but it really (laughs) is valuable. (laughs) Stay in school, kids. (laughs) The next thing is copywriting. Now, copywriting is expensive and it's either expensive in terms of time or it's expensive in terms of money. It's not tons of expensive. Top copywriters will do back cover copy for $1,000, $1,500. Some do it for as cheap as two or $300. They'll rewrite your blurb. And you're like, it's just a couple of paragraphs. How hard could it be? <laughs> really, really hard. Copywriting is some of the hardest writing you'll ever do as an author. And it's really hard to do it for yourself because you know so much about your book identifying in just one or two sentences the most interesting part of your book for a stranger who knows nothing about your book is is a real trick. <laughs> it really takes a lot of work, a lot of practice, and a lot of writing. So for the two paragraphs or one paragraph that end up on your book, you may write pages and pages of practice text trying to find those perfect words. You think about a synopsis. Most authors hate the synopsis because essentially they have to boil down a 90,000-word book to one page. Well, 
take that one page and narrow it down to 150 words and you start to get the idea. What do I leave out? What do I put in? I've done copywriting for 25 years now and I've learned that skill over 25 years. But that's not to discourage you. If you have uh, a passion for it, you have a desire to do it, I'm telling you, you can learn it. Just know that you're going to have to put some time in. On the other side, though, if you are willing to put the time in, this is a skill that helps you out, not just in writing a back cover copy for your book. It helps you with your website. It helps with news releases. It can be an incredibly helpful skill. Just know, as Thomas is saying, it takes a lot of time to get to a point where you're proficient. And again, education, if you give your copywriter good text to work with, they'll give you better text as a result. This is particularly true if you're traditionally published. You're not going to hire the mm-hmm. copywriter. Your publisher is going to hire your copywriter. But your proposal or the copywriter may ask for some text from you. And in my experience, copywriters lean really heavily on that mm-hmm. text that they get from the author. So if you point them in the right direction and do a lot of the kind of framework for them, they can fill in the bones quite nicely. But if you point them in the wrong direction, they may not get off that wrong direction and you end up with bad copy because the copywriter doesn't read your book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know any copywriters that read the book. And if you want one to read your book, it's thousands of dollars because these people, when they bill for the hour, it's several hundred dollars an hour often, which means that you really have to do the work to present it in such a way where they can write some good copy. The next expense is advanced reader copies or ARCs. I have a whole episode on this. We'll have a link to in the show notes. Uh, ARCs are one of the few areas where it really is cheaper if you are traditionally published. Often your contract with your traditional publisher will say you get a certain number of author copies and often they will also do advanced reader copies. Sometimes it's included in the author copy. Sometimes it's not. You can always use your author copies as advanced reader copies if you'd like. But the purpose of an advanced reader copy is it's copies of your book that go out ahead of release. So it's a printing before the main printing. Sometimes there's some typos. The cover's different. It often will say something like not for resale on the cover. And the purpose of this is to get the buzz going about your book before the book comes out. Because otherwise, you launch your book. No one has read it. And there's these awkward days of silence while you're waiting for people to read your book. Because it takes time to read a book. People have life. They have kids and they have jobs and they have parents that are getting sick and they're not going to be able to read your book the day it comes out always. And so having some people who are reading your book ahead of time is really key. And you want to be strategic with getting your book in the hands of the most influential people that you can. So if you're traditionally published, really all you have to do in terms of work is put together a spreadsheet with the names and addresses of all of the advanced readers that you've identified. You want to have reached out to these people ahead of time so that they're anticipating your book Because just sending a book to a stranger often will get ignored. But in general, you want to follow our guide in that episode about advanced reader copies. You want to do the work to warm up those folks so that they're anticipating your book. You also use ARCs to get blurbs and reviews and things like this. And the uh, publisher will send them out. But if you don't give your publisher the list ahead of time, often they will either not send out advanced reader copies or they'll just send them all to you in a big box. And then it's up to you to pack, label, and ship each book. Don't do it. This is so much unnecessary work. Your publisher has machines that can quickly slap labels onto boxes and quickly put books into boxes, and they can do in 30 seconds what would take you 10 minutes. So do the work ahead of time. Get them the list. Often you need that list to them months, six, 12 months before your book comes out. So 
This is why delaying that launch is really important because it takes time to get that out and the arcs get printed way ahead of the main printing. And remember, some influencers would rather have the ebook than a physical book. That's not always the case, but you can't ask that question, especially if you're indie and you're spending all the money to do that. It's worth asking the question. That's right. And it's definitely cheaper for you. So if, if they're like, yeah, either one is fine. Send them an ebook. <laughs> Although sometimes sending them a paper book feels like a gift. Although for ARCs, less so because they, the covers typically aren't, aren't very pretty. Now, if you're indie published, you are going to need to pay the money for the paper books to ship them out, but it's well worth the investment. So be strategic here. Don't send copies to your friends. You want your friends to buy your book. You want to send copies to influential people who know who you are. The next expense is the launch party. I'm a big fan of in-person launch parties, and this can be as simple as punch at your house or as fancy as a big event at a big event center. Launch parties vary quite a bit based off of the book. My book was about dating and relationships, and so I hosted a 1950s dance at my church. And so I paid money for dance floor. I paid money for punch, paid money for a bunch of other things, and I sold a ton of books. So it was a very profitable activity. And this is a good example of spending money to hire professionals. I personally am not good at throwing parties. I'm a dude, and I'm a dude who doesn't throw very good parties. So I hired somebody uh, who was good at throwing parties and who did all the work and all the preparation. She did a really great job. And your launch party doesn't need to be fancy, but it does need to be fun, and it needs to be fun for your readers. And I would encourage you to talk to people about your book coming out. Don't be afraid to do that. The, The first book, Thomas and I were talking about babies off mic or before we started recording. And we were talking about how the first baby is a a big deal. So same thing with your book. The first book is a big deal. When I had my first book come out, I had three different friends throw me launch parties independent of each other. And so that might happen to you too. Don't be afraid to talk about it. Because if you're talking about it, you're passionate about it, you're enthusiastic. It would not surprise me if someone comes along and says, oh my gosh, Jim, let me throw a party for you which is definitely the cheapest in terms of time and money. But if you're planning to do it yourself, I'd say 50 to $500 uh, for cost and three to 10 hours for planning. Again, some of you are like, oh, I'm really good at party planning. I can do it cheaper than that, or it wouldn't take me that long. God bless you. <laughs> if it's a strength of yours, then really lean into it and maybe see if some friends will host it at their house for their friends, but you're the one who you know brings the party. There's a lot you can do here with parties. And Right now, especially as we're coming out of a pandemic and we've all been alone for two years, people are desperate to go to parties. It doesn't take much nowadays to to get somebody to a party. A lot of people haven't been invited to a party in months or years. And if you'll invite them, they will come just to see another human being because uh, we need that. We're not meant to be alone. It's, it's not healthy. You can also do online launch parties. Here, you're spending money on prizes to try to motivate people to come. So let's say 50 to $250 for a cash budget and two to five hours uh, for a time budget. You can partner with other authors to give away their books as prizes to your audience. And this is one way of reducing the cost of the giveaways. Be careful not to go crazy with these. It's easy for a launch party online to not draw a lot of people and end up being very expensive and a money loser. So in person often is much better than online for launch parties, especially for fiction. For nonfiction, you can do webinars, and there's a whole suite of tools that you can use. But for a fiction launch party, it's easy for them to be a money loser if if you're not careful. Now, it may be worth losing a little bit of money to get the hype up. So this is where having that strategy 
to pl- comes in. So if $250 is not a big risk for you and, and it will get some hype, maybe it's worth spending. But $250 is three weeks of savings and you want to be much more strategic here. The next cost is media tour gear. So audio media tour gear specifically. If you want podcasts and radio shows to book you as a guest, you need to sound professional. And you can sound professional for as little as $100 if you know what gear to get. That gaming headset that your son bought you for Christmas isn't going to cut it. (laughs) You need an actual microphone if you want to get on big, popular podcasts. So $100 to $250 for the gear, one hour to plug it in, set it up, and buy it. It's not a big investment uh, in terms of time. And it's not a big investment in terms of money either. It can really make a difference. For video, it's a little bit more expensive. No one looks good on the built-in webcam that came with their laptop. It's going to make you look older and more wrinkly and more washed out. Everyone looks bad on the laptop camera, and you've been on enough Zoom calls to know that this is the case. So, <laughs> uh, And this is one thing that we're adding to the book launch blueprint this year. I'm adding a module on how to look amazing. So how to look younger and thinner and more professional And the gear is not hard to set up, but it really makes a difference. It's all about good lighting and a good camera. So the cost of cash here is about $200 to $1,000, and I'd say one to three hours to set it up. And that's it in terms of general one-time expenses. I do want to mention a few ongoing expenses. One is website hosting. So your website needs to live on a computer on the internet, and you need to pay for that computer. It's called a server. And remember, be the customer. <laughs> the advertisements that a f- quote free unquote website provider puts on your website can ruin your reputation and spoil your brand. You don't look like you're very successful if you have to use free hosting. It makes you look like you're broke. And why would you be broke? Because no one wants to buy your book. And if no one else is wanting to buy your book, why should I buy your book? So you want to signal some success here with some halfway decent hosting. I've talked a lot about hosting recently, but five to fifty dollars a month. Uh, depending on how popular your website is. Next is the email service provider. Uh, So yes, MailerLite and ConvertKit both have free plans. If you have less than a thousand subscribers, they're free. But if you're following the novel marketing method and you're putting work into growing your email list, you're going to have more than a thousand subscribers. (laughs) So you don't want to pick your email platform based off of how it's doing in the early days. You want to pick your email platform, how it's going to do for the long haul. So it's typically between $5 and $50, I would say, for email hosting. More if your list gets really big. But typically, as your list gets bigger, you're making enough money with book sales that you're happy to pay that additional fee for a bigger list. And to send out a monthly newsletter, one to three hours a month, assuming that your frequency is monthly. Again, during your book launch, you'll be sending out way more than one email a month. But in general, to keep the list warm, about an email a month is a good pace. And then our final ongoing expense is the one thing on this list that has a negative time impact. So most of these things cost time. This one actually saves you time, and that is productivity tools. So there's a lot of productivity tools that will help you be more productive. What's the one thing better than sharpening an ax? Buying a chainsaw. (laughs) So having the right tool for the job really makes a difference. I've got several episodes. I'll link to them in the show notes of various productivity tools that I recommend. We'll also be talking about productivity tools in the book launch blueprint to solve specific kinds of problems. But if you're willing to spend five to $50 a month 
on productivity tools, you can save yourself dozens of hours. I, I, one of my tools that I use gives me a report of how much time it saved me. It's called Text Expander. And since I've owned Text Expander, it has saved me, assuming that I write at 60 words a minute, it has saved me 63 hours of my life. <laughs> that's worth five bucks a month. <laughs> that's, that's a really <laughs> valuable tool. And that's just one of the many productivity tools that I use. So it's, it's important to value your time with your money and being willing to pay for good tools really makes a difference. So if you're wanting help with launching your book, if you're feeling overwhelmed by all of what needs to go on launching your book, I have good news. We have made it super simple to learn how to launch your book and to take the complexity out of it, to take the overwhelm out of it. And it is with our course, Book Launch Blueprint. And you can find out about it at booklaunch.fun. Jim, tell us about the Book Launch Blueprint. The Book Launch Blueprint will teach you everything you need to know about launching a book. And it sounds like we're teaching you the things to do to push the button and make the rocket ship go up. But it's much more than that. We're really teaching you how to make the rocket, how to make the fuel for the rocket. We're teaching you how to design the launch pad itself so that your rocket will go as high as possible. It really is a comprehensive course. And the reason I can say with utter confidence that if you're serious about your career, you need to do this, is we've been doing it for years now. The feedback from the students is what makes me go, oh my gosh, everybody, if they're serious about their career, should dive into this. It's really extremely comprehensive. And if I'm you, and I'm not sure, but I'd like to know more to Thomas's point, go and check out the curriculum. Go and check out what our students say about the course, because that is going to tell you whether it's right for you to take it or not. And there are some people that should not take this course. But if you're serious about learning these skills, not just for the, your next book launch, but for your next 5, 10, 20 book launches, I really encourage you to go check it out. And I will say it has been fun doing this course every year because we take, based off student feedback, the weakest sessions and rework them and turn them into the strongest sessions. And then mm -hmm. the next year, we have new different sessions that are the weakest sessions. And then we turn those into the strongest sessions. And it's been incredible to see the results from students who never thought they could have a successful launch or having incredibly powerful launches. And they're now a best-selling author or their number one new release on Amazon. And that is an amazing feeling. <laughs> and Compared to the feeling of you spent years working on a book, you put it on Amazon and then crickets. <laughs> you're trying to get your friends excited. You're not sure why they're not excited and you're trying to get sales to go and then they're stalling out. And that is just really heartbreaking. And some of you have experienced that. You've already put books on Amazon and saw them not launch <laughs> because maybe you didn't have a launch plan. And so we, if that has been your experience in the past, let me just tell you, it can be different you can have a totally different experience launching your book. You just need to learn how, and we can help you. We've helped a lot of authors ahead of you. We know how to do it, and we can help you have a better launch for your book. I think the best thing about the course is that we don't give you the course, and you watch it, and you go away and figure it out. Because a lot of courses are like that, right? And you, you've gone through the session, and you go, but I'd really like to ask Jim about I'd really like to ask Thomas about well, you get a chance during the course. You have a chance to interact with us. You have a chance to ask us questions every day. We do a call where you can go on there and get specific answers to your specific questions. So it really is not just the coaching in the course, but it, it is live coaching throughout the entire 28 days that we're together. 
There's a community where you can get live questions answered via text and then live office hours every day where you can get questions answered face-to-face. So we would really would love to answer your questions, help you launch better. Our featured patron today is Deborah Rainey, author of Bridges. Facing an empty nest for the first time since the death of her husband, Tess Everett immerses herself in volunteer work for Winterest Public Parks, home of the famous Covered Bridges. But when a former resident, J.W. McCree, shows up with paintbrushes, sparks fly. J.W. was once married to Tess's late friend, Char. As their relationship grows, Tess and J.W. must discover if what they have together is worth rearranging their entire lives for and whether they can build bridges that will mend broken relationships. Deborah Rainey, thank you so much for helping support this podcast. Thank you for keeping the Christian Publishing Show on the air. We could not do this without you and the many other people who support this podcast. If you'd like to learn more about becoming a patron yourself, go to christianpublishingshow.com. The Christian Publishing Show is a production of Author Media. This episode's audio was edited by William Umstadt, blog post by Shauna Lettler. James L. Rubart was our (laughs) special guest, and I am Thomas Umstadt Jr., your host. To find the blog post version of this episode, visit authormedia.com. Thank you for listening, and live long and prosper.